This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays, 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Welcome back. Well, we have a new heritage minister in Ottawa. We have new legislation tabled yesterday, Bill C-10. Another attempt at doing what Bill C-10 originally sought to do. This is Bill C-11. Just correct that. Uh, Bill C-11 was tabled in the House yesterday. Heritage Minister Pablo Rodriguez said yesterday, quote, We listened, especially to the concerns around social media, and we fixed it. It says, We made very clear in this online streaming act, as it's known, that this does not apply to what individual Canadians and creators post online. No users, no online content will be regulated. Now, yes, that was a big issue with Bill C-10. But the government said it would not target user-generated content. It was pretty clear that it would. The government went back to the drawing board and they say they have fixed it. Well, our next guest says, uh, not so fast. There are still some issues with this Bill C-11. Some of the same issues, maybe some different issues even from its predecessor. You can read more at michaelgeist.ca. Michael Geist is Canada Research Chair in Internet and E-Commerce Law at the University of Ottawa, where he is also a professor of law. Dr. Geist, great to have you with us here this afternoon. Welcome to the program. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Okay, so uh, very optimistic sounding Pablo Rodriguez yesterday. They learned from C-10, C-11 is much improved, doesn't have the same problems. Your reaction to that? It is improved, but it also still has some of the same problems. And so uh, I think it's pretty clear that, yes, they were aware of the the public criticism. It would be hard not to be. Um, And they have taken some steps to address it. But at the end of the day, the, this proposed bill still leaves the door open to regulating some amount of user-generated content. And it does so in a way that provides simply an enormous amount of power to the CRTC, to the telecom and broadcast regulator. And at a time when I think public confidence in the CRTC is, is not particularly high, vesting so much power and leaving so much uncertainty about how this will be interpreted to this regulator, I think for many will be a cause for concern. All right. So again, I mean, the CRTC exists to regulate, well, among other things, broadcasting in Canada. The government here is trying to uh, fit the digital world into the regulations around broadcasting. And as we've seen, that that is a very awkward uh, process. So the question of what constitutes now a, a broadcast, what constitutes a program, is that one of the areas where this could potentially involve user-generated content? Yeah, I think it could. And so, uh, although certainly some of it is excluded. So your your listeners may recall that under the last bill, under C-10, the government had initially actually excluded users and user-generated content. And so they had 
a pair of exceptions, one that said users would not be regulated like broadcasters, and another one that said that their content would not be treated as a program, like a program by the CRTC. So it was an effort to exclude both the individual from saying you're not a broadcaster as well as the kind of content they produce. Uh, along the way, as this bill was being developed, the government made the decision to remove one of those exceptions. And so while they retained the one involving whether the user would be treated like a broadcaster, they actually removed the one around their programs. And so suddenly now it opened the door to regulating just about anything that they post, audiovisual-wise, so videos to TikTok or, or podcasts and the like, all could be covered in theory by this legislation. In the new bill, in C-11, as you, as you mentioned, uh, they have brought this, uh, both of the exceptions back. So the one that was taken away has returned. There now is an exception, but they've now added a new exception to the exception. And in doing so, by adding this now exception to the exception, they have kept the door open to regulating some amount of user-generated content. It won't be all of it, certain amounts of it. For example, clearly non-commercial user-generated content will be excluded. But some of the other content that does have a commercial element can be subject to regulations that the CRTC is going to uh, be asked to develop. Well, that's where it gets kind of murky because what is a commercial venture? Obviously, there there are influencers uh, on Instagram or TikTok who very much are, are commercial undertakings, uh, and, and they post all kinds of content. An individual TikTok video might not in and of itself be generating revenue, but certainly if it's helping to, to bolster the profile of somebody who is unable to generate revenue on, on other posts, at what point does something become commercial? Yeah, I'd argue they take a pretty broad perspective on that. So, in fact, yeah. what they've done is said that um, we're going to ask the CRTC or give the CRTC the power to create regulations for this exception to the exception, for regulating this form of content. And they've asked them to consider three factors. Uh, they haven't told them how to weigh the factors. They haven't said whether or not all the factors have to be present. They've simply identified three factors. It's what the minister yesterday called the sandbox. He said these are the things they need to consider. And the very first one is whether a program uploaded to a social media service directly or indirectly generates revenue. So I'd suggest that that alone tells us that it's a pretty broad definition, that it doesn't have to be sort of direct commercial gain. It can be indirect commercial gain, which might apply to some podcasters or to others who get sponsorship or perhaps uh, get new kinds of different commercial opportunities based on the publicity associated with some of the things that they post online. Once they're kind of in that bucket, uh, theoretically, they've opened the door to the CRTC to at least factor that in as to whether they might want to be included from a regulatory perspective. Okay, so if we take YouTube as an example, and let's say there's someone who has a popular channel on YouTube, uh, you know, video game channel, somebody who, you know, plays and reviews video games and, and has a sizable audience and is generating revenue. Is YouTube itself considered the broadcaster, or is this individual considered the broadcaster? Yeah, it's interesting that you raise that, because in fact, it's pretty clear that the use case that the government has in mind, the reason that they have added this exception, likely has very much to do with YouTube. They're concerned not so much about the kinds of videos you just mentioned, but they're actually they're directly concerned with music on, on a platform like YouTube. And the argument, the minister even raised it yesterday, was, you know, if you've got the same song on a service like Spotify, and it's also available on YouTube, why is one captured by the act and the other isn't? 
The problem is that they have established such a broad exception that they'll certainly capture that kind of content, but they'll go much further, and they might well capture the kind of content that you're describing, whether that's esports, gamers, or otherwise. Now, in that context, in a sense, there's coverage a little bit of both. The individual, let's say, gamer on, on YouTube or Twitch or, or whatever the platform happens to be, they, again, are not directly regulated as, an, as a broadcaster. So the, the party that is regulated as a broadcaster is YouTube. But their content is treated or could be treated as a program, and then that brings in some of the potential regulations, which would include payments by companies like YouTube, uh, and also some of the discoverability requirements that you may recall were a big part of the last debate, where the CRTC could begin to order uh, services like YouTube to prioritize, let's say, Canadian gamers, to the extent to which they could even identify who those are. Right. So then when it comes to music, would that also fall into that? I mean, obviously, there, there are rules for music playing radio stations in Canada regarding Canadian content, etc. I mean, are they going to try to, to apply that model to, uh, to music, whether it be on Spotify or, or on YouTube? Well, I think they're definitely going to try to apply it uh, in the music context. I don't know that they're going to adopt the identical approach in terms of saying you've got to have a certain percentage of of streamed stuff. I mean, that, that would seem unlikely on an on-demand service where the user really controls what it is they see or don't see. Uh, but what they will be able to do is to sort of say, hey, we want you to ensure that you promote uh, some of the Canadian content, let's say, or the Canadian music as part of someone who watches who or who listens to music via YouTube. Now, I think many of, you, many of your listeners who are active YouTube users may be a bit puzzled by all of this. YouTube's got an algorithm that it seems like the moment you listen to or watch a single video about whatever the topic happens to be, you spend the next couple of weeks uh, getting fed similar kinds of videos because the algorithm tries to learn from what you like or yeah. don't like. Um, so it's not as if companies like YouTube are actually hiding any of this anyway. If you like French language music from Quebec and you watch a few of those videos, you're going to get lots more yes. of those. But for some reason, the government seems to think that what we need is the CRTC to intervene to order YouTube to do something like that. So as you write in your, your, your piece on this, you say the bill is not ready for prime time and still requires extensive review and further reform to get it right. So it's not necessarily doomed from the start, but I guess we got a lot of work to do here, you think? I think we do. And, you know, listen, I think that obviously it's a new parliament. Uh, I think the, this, and it's a new minister, and one would hope that it's a, a minister that's at least based on some of his comments yesterday, seemed to indicate he was open to uh, considering potential reforms. And I think we've, in, you know, we've moved to the point that the government's obviously made this a priority. They've been very quick to introduce uh, the bill again. Um, they're going to get behind it. But if they are serious about saying we're, we want to ensure that user-generated content is excluded, that's not really what we have in mind when it comes to this legislation. There are ways that we can do much better. There are ways that we can try to limit it to the kind of use cases they're talking about. I think we need far more in terms of thresholds and the scope of the legislation. At the moment, it quite literally adopts the approach that any streamer anywhere, much less uh, workout apps, streaming services, audiobook services, podcasts, are all potentially caught by this legislation anywhere in the world. I don't think it makes any sense to say that Canadian broadcast laws or streaming laws apply to all of this. Surely we need the government to set some sort of boundaries to say, where does this law end? Because uh, we're going to find all sorts of services blocking access for Canadians to try to avoid this regulatory framework.
Well, much more is mentioned. MichaelGeist.ca. Always do appreciate the insight. Thanks for walking us through all of this here today. We'll see where this all goes from here. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks again. Michael Geist is Canada Research Chair in Internet and E-Commerce Law at the University of Ottawa, also Professor of Law uh, at the U of O. And, you know, maybe the moment uh, it might be a little more difficult for some issues like this to, to find oxygen and get to the forefront. This is something to keep an eye on, right? There were very valid concerns around C-10, its um, successor here, Bill C-11, still has some, some potential problems. All right, our number here, 403-974-8255, 974-TALK. Got a lot more to get to on the program this afternoon. Hey, by the way, did you see this today? Uh, the price of oil, West Texas Intermediate, has topped $90 a barrel for the first time since September of 2014. Western Canadian Select up above $75 a barrel today. You know, the Alberta government's getting set to table a budget. And holy cow, it's going to be interesting to see what that looks like. He's a balanced budget, maybe even this coming year. Pretty wild stuff. Anyway, 403-974-TALK is our number. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.